We are Victim of Illusion, you are listening to the tall, friendly, Atheist Dead podcast. And the next 30 seconds are brought to you by our album Invisible Light, available at our Bandcamp website. So far from lies and hypocrisy Hello, my name is Damien, the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad and host of the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode. Whatever time of day it is, whatever you happen to be doing, I hope you can sit back, relax and be entertained. This one particular incident in my life has had me wondering, even now sometimes as an atheist, what it was that actually happened. Either it was divine intervention, or just one of those weird things that happens to weird people. But everything I'm about to tell you is the honest truth, as far as I can remember it from 20 years ago. During my university years, to supplement my income and keep myself busy, I worked a job as a delivery boy for a large multinational pizza chain. For this position, we had to use our own cars. So my 1983 model Mitsubishi Sigma, as old and as unfashionable as it was, did what it needed to and kept me employed. During my time working for this multinational pizza chain, I was typically given Saturday and Sunday night closing shifts and I'm not entirely sure it was because they were highly sought after. After all, who wants to sit around a quiet pizza store after midnight, with it being just you, a cook, and a tired manager? But the upside of this unpopular shift was that they were also typically the busiest, at least for the first four hours, which means they were a great opportunity to earn money. This job wasn't paid hourly, it was paid per delivery. A quiet night meant little money. But a busy night meant you were hopping in and out of the car with a nice paycheck to look forward to. But having said that, the company that handled the payroll was called Micropay, and sometimes that name aptly described the amount I received. The way we worked and this may be typical in the industry, was that it was first in, first out. The first delivery driver in the queue takes the first docket available. Customer calls, order gets created, docket gets printed with the address on it, and it gets put into a line. 
So when you're at the front of the queue, you take the first docket in line. When your assigned order comes out, you prepare and pack, take it to your car and drive off. Then when you get back to the store, you go to the back of the queue and wait your way up to the front as the pool of drivers pick their dockets, prepare their orders and drive out. Because each delivery was worth the same, a delivery half a mile away would be worth the same as a delivery five miles away. So what you wanted were the short deliveries. This meant you got your standard commission, but then you got back into the queue before anyone else got back to pick up another docket. Numerous times, the person that left after you was back in the store before you because they got that order half a mile away, whereas you may have got one that was at the far end of your delivery area. And where you got the most money was in what were called doubles. A double, obviously, was where you would take two orders at the same time, particularly when it was busy. With any luck, the two addresses were right near each other. And with some protestation, you were able to swap dockets with someone to make your life easier. As crummy as it may sound to the 40-something-year-old me now, this kind of job is a great learning experience. You learn teamwork, fast food operations, money handling, customer service. And probably one of the most important skills I think I've ever learnt, how to read a map. So now I have some background out of the way. Just how did I end up in the position where I needed divine intervention? It started with a double. The clock was fast approaching 12am on a lukewarm Saturday winter's night. It wasn't raining, but it also wasn't time to break out shorts and a t-shirt. Being on closing meant that I was the last driver on roster. Once the Saturday night rush died down and everyone in the pool went home, I was there to take the remaining orders for all the pizza parties, drunk guys with the munchies, shift workers, and whoever else thinks ordering a pizza at midnight is a great idea. At the time I took my two orders from the store for this particular run, I knew I still had about an hour to go. Hang in there, I thought to myself. It's dark, it's late, I have church in the morning, I need to study, then come back later for my Sunday shift. I dropped the first order off, no worries, routine delivery. Then came time for the second order. Pulling out my street directory, remember this was before GPS, Google Maps or turn by turn. I'm driving a 1983 model car, you know. I found the way to the street I had to go to. But to my dismay, the street I had to go to was segmented. Half the houses on one end, half the houses on the other, and in between, cutting the street in half, was a 20 by 20 metre tract of land right next to a school designed to prevent vehicles from going through. 
I pull into the street looking for the number. The number I'm looking for is getting closer. But so is this tract of land designed specifically to block cars from getting through. And that's when I realise, just my luck, the house I need to get to is at the other end. I stop the car, get out, curse my luck, then go over what I can do. I basically had three options. One, I could walk the pizzas down the street and then walk back to the car. Two, I could get back in the car, open the street directory and find a way around. Or three, I could try and drive over the tract of land as a shortcut. That mound of dirt at the entrance to the land didn't look too high. And sure, my car isn't a four-wheel drive, but it's not a lowered Toyota Supra either. Walk the pizzas down? No. They'll probably be too cold by the time I get there. They're already the second delivery on the run, which means they would have lost some heat. And I didn't want to bother with either a customer complaint or having to walk back to the car. I just wanted to get in, get out, get back. Find a way around? By this time of night, and with how tired I was feeling, both physically and emotionally, I wasn't in the position to make mature split-second decisions. So, I went for option three. Quick, easy, genius. Here goes, I thought. I'll drive straight for the mound, wait for the bump as the front of the car goes up, then when the front goes down and the rest of the car clears it, I'll drive slowly and safely over this parcel of land come out the other side, get to where I need to get to, get what I need to get done, hurry back to the store, and hope that the manager says the shop is closed. I went for the mound. The front of the car went up as planned. But what I didn't plan was that it stayed up. I pressed the accelerator. No movement. Put it into reverse. No movement. Try move the steering from side to side. No movement. Here I was. Front end of the car is up in the air and not getting any traction. I'm stuck. What do I do? I step out of the car to work out what's going on. And that's when I see that the front of my car was up on the mound. But how the car was situated meant that the front wheels weren't touching the dirt to get any traction. And of course, my car is a front wheel drive. So I thought I'll try pushing the car. But being in dress shoes, in a crummy fast food uniform, standing on loose dirt with uneven footing, try as I might... The car wasn't going anywhere. Drats. Now it's getting serious. I tried again a minute later. Same result. What do I do? Every minute I'm out there is every minute I'm not in the store, and every minute I'm not in the store is every minute I can't knock off and go home to sleep.
Furthermore, not being able to work means reduced pay. Not an ideal situation. And further to that, I'm far away from home. So even if I left the car there and planned to come back later, I'd have no way of getting home and getting back. Where I was wasn't exactly swarming with public transport. I did the only thing I could. I prayed. I prayed, God, if you can hear me, send me someone to help. And wouldn't you know it, dead serious, barely a minute later, a man wearing a high-vis vest while riding a bicycle appeared from the direction of the school. I flag him down, ask him for help, and we push my car down. When I saw that my car was still working, I profusely thanked him. Then he rode away into the night as fast as he appeared. With relief, I whip out the street directory, find a way to the customers, get the delivery done, and get back to the store. But all the while, I'm thinking and pondering. This then became a testimony for the next morning at church. In my charismatic church, after the opening praise songs, and yes, we divided the music up into praise and then worship. They would open the microphone up for anyone who wants to share a story of how good God has been to them during the week. So guess who got up and got an amen? Me. But now, the big question, was it an angel? Well, one part of me asks, how else do you explain the sudden appearance of a man riding a bike in the outer working class suburbs of a sleepy city out and about near midnight, and so soon after I said my prayer. Or maybe weird things happen to weird people. 